Welcome back to the Work Mija podcast, the podcast where mujeres empower mujeres. Today, I am joined by Tanya de Leon. Tanya is a Chicago native that has just returned home after a marvelous five years living in the magical New York City. She is an actress, a singer, full blown out storyteller and coffee connoisseur. So if you have any Chicago places that she just has to get to know, let her know. This girl is ready to live it up in the most socially distant way, obvio. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Um, hearing you read my bio was uh, very nice, or my intro, <laughs> I should say. I was like, wow, I sound so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, she sounds awesome. We want to get like, to cool. know. <laughs> Let's get to know Tanya. And honestly, I am personally excited to have Tanya on the podcast because she is another homegirl from the hood, little village. We went to (laughs) Gerald Delgado Canoon Magnet Elementary School together in La Villita. Uh, So we've known each other since kindergarten. (laughs) It's been a minute. Wait, I actually think we went to pre, I think we went to pre-K together, dude. I think I saw pictures. Is my grandma? Yeah, we yeah we all did tepeyac. I know, I know, all right? That's like the only I'm one. Sure. So yeah, pretty yeah. much. I'm pretty sure we were all together. Yeah, that's Damn. crazy. So yeah, we're um need I say almost our ages nearing thirty. So it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, since I'm ready. We, since we've known each other and cause well yeah well my grandma and us lived on 23rd and Albany. Is that where you lived? And yeah, yep. you lived like five same block, block, five houses down same block, same hood. Here we are today. And so I'm so excited to catch up with Tanya and her journey, because honestly, I'm always super like stoked whenever I just see someone from Little Village, from Canoon, just like out there and like just doing big things. So super Mm -hmm. excited to have you. And for my brujas who like to follow along, we actually had the pleasure of Tanya sharing her birth time with us. So we'll have maybe you know, a couple little snippets of her placements and I'll kind of go over them and see where we kind of see them come out and about. But so just to start off for her sun sign, which for most of us, we do know your sun sign is your identity, where you shine. Tanya is a Virgo mm-hmm. and let's say Virgo AF and I have, to, <laughs> I have to interview some more Virgos because she was on it like I sent you all the details and I'm expecting like give you like a day or two she's like here's this here's that like she was on I was like oh man like I gotta be on I gotta make sure I'm on time for this <laughs> oh my god that's so funny because like you know what's so funny I I was like oh I'm a Virgo but like I'm also not a Virgo growing up because everyone would be like oh Virgos are organized and they're super clean and they're tight and I was like that is not me <laughs> I'm like now as an adult I'm like oh I am I like I like organization mm-hmm. not like being like you know, my room is spotless, not like that, more like organization in terms of like schedules. And like, like you said, I've seen email. I'm like, I, excuse me, I got to answer this real quick. Give me two seconds. This is important. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And for me in general, Virgos intrigue me because I'm a Gemini. Virgo and Gemini are both ruled by Mercury, the planets of communication, but Virgos are just a, a more organized and put together Gemini. So I saw that somewhere. I saw that like Virgos and, Gem- and Geminis are actually very, very, very similar. Uh huh. Like Virgos are. You're just more focused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forgot what it was. It was like a meme somewhere in the Instagram verse or, in, or on like TikTok or something. I was like, oh, you guys are pretty similar. You just, one of them is just disguising as the other, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I- oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then moon signs. So moon signs, it rules kind of like your body and your emotions. And it's funny that you're saying like how you didn't really identify with Virgo. And you're like, I'm really not like that. Like as a kid too, Tanya's moon sign is an Aries, which I'm very familiar with. I have an Aries moon sign. And if we know Aries is a very fire placement, a very childlike placement, too fun, loving. Um, I was telling her a little bit dramatica, but given her career path, (laughs) I mean, she's using the Aries moon perfectly with the dramatics, a little spontaneous, a little fun loving, maybe goes into your journey and where you ended up, where you're at now. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to hear and see some more Aries placements come out in your story. Cause at first when we're pulling it up, I was like, that doesn't make sense. And then when we figured out Aries, I was like, okay, I could see this all the energy, energy, creativity and loving it. 
Then we have your rising sign. So for those of us, uh, rising sign is kind of like your motivation for living life. And her rising sign is in Libra. And Libra is just like, enjoys beauty in things, the aesthetics. And when I was kind of like going through the Instagram, I like to kind of sometimes go through people's Instagram <laughs> and kind of guess based off of what photos, how they do things, like what they are. I could totally see the Libra rising coming out. It's just like beautifully curated. I'm starting to see that part a little bit more and the, the fashion and the colors, loving it. <laughs> that is so exciting. Would you have, would you have guessed all of these before having to do like, the, before I gave you the information? I could have seen the Aries moon. Um, I think because I relate okay, to it okay. so much. Just because like I remember at first it was pulling out like Taurus. I was like, really? But it was like creativity, the energy, like you're just so bam, 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 you know? Um, and then I don't know. I would have had to like really sit with and stalked you a little bit more. Maybe I could have gotten there. <laughs> but from the email outreach, I was like, oh yeah, that's Virgo. <laughs> she on it though. I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, so funny. And then because we had access to the birth chart mid heaven, which rules your careers and your passions, which I think is very interesting here. It is in cancer, but cancer is such a nurturing sign um, and just very much involved with emotions. And I thought it was kind mm -hmm. of funny how I was saying, you know, for someone with cancer, you have the ability to channel your deepest emotions and feelings into anything you create into the world. And it's funny because you're in such a creative field that really makes, you know, you have to have that. So I think you're probably on the right path. Absolutely. <laughs> Probably. Thank you, universe, for validating my choices. <laughs> right? Uh, it's in the stars for you, I guess, you know? So just wanted to kind of go over that uh, a little bit for everybody. So as we're kind of going through this story and, you know, since you know, we both did come from the South Side of Chicago in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood, like 99.9% Hispanic and <laughs> coming from a Chicago public grade school. I'm like trying to think of where in the school programs there were options to introduce kids to music and the arts. And like, I'm thinking back and I feel like it was very limited. And I, I remember like our music classes and music instructor were turn on Macarena and it was dance time, you know, <laughs> that was as much music dance as oh. we kind of got. <laughs> Do you remember that? I think I don't. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I don't. I think my body has, um, and my brain has like labeled that as PTSD. Yeah. I don't know. I rem I think I remember. Was it like, uh, oh my God, I'm trying to think of who even the teacher, like I forgot his name, been. but I remember he was, was Barney. No, I forgot his name, but it was basically that that was kind of our extent of music class. Eventually, <laughs> I feel like as we got older, there was maybe more bandish musical instruments developing. But I feel like, you know, maybe. you didn't really grow up with that. So I'm just kind of wondering, at what point uh -uh. did you find a passion for music and the arts and just kind of dove in? So take me back and, you know, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and how did this all come about? Yeah, totally, totally. So um, I've actually been singing my whole life. Like, I, I know that I started singing with my grandma because she would sing to me mm -hmm. like, since I was apparently since I was like in the incubator because I was a little tiny baby. <laughs> um, and, and my dad used to play at churches um, as a musician himself. So you could you can say that I've been surrounded by music my whole life. Like, thankfully, um, you know, my dad would get me to sing and then he got me to sing with church. Um, so I started going there. And, and as far as um, early education, the only type of creative outlet I had, I guess, was doing um, some folklore dance okay, with yeah. our Nobleza Azteca group at, at uh, Canoon with Mr. G. And I forgot, oh my gosh, I forgot her name. It started with an F, but it I don't remember. Was it Mr. Oh. G and Ms. Garcia? It was Garcia. 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 Yeah, Garcia. Yeah. 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 Which I think they're married or were together or something because I saw them oh. together at a Walmart down in, in Downers Grove. Okay. No, cheese man comes out real fast. <laughs> oh, it's the sorry, tea given to you here in podcast. Actually, I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So I started there and and then I went to, you know, I, I was looking at high school options and I knew, I knew, I was like, I am not going to Farragut. 
I'm oh, not yeah. going to forget. My mom was a teacher there. And I was like, I, and it was all, she was like, you're not going here. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not an option for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. Okay. So let me explore, you know, and we had all these selective enrollment schools, Jones, Whitney, and all these things. I was like, you know what? I'm not vibing here. Like these aren't, these aren't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up finding Curie. I have no idea how, no recollection how, um, but in order to get to Curie, it was also at that point, a selective enrollment high school. So you still had to get a certain, uh, GPA. And I think you also had to test in, um, and then me being a vocal performance major, cause we used to declare majors when I started, I don't know if they still do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to audition to get in. Oh, so that was one of the first time I was like, oh man, this is like hard. Yeah. This is real stuff. You're surrounded by all these people. And I remember my group. I think we had to sing a cappella too, which like is bizarre. No, no accompaniment, nothing like that. Um, this was my first time doing it outside of church and outside of my family. Mm-hmm. But no, I had zero idea what I was doing. I was like, hi, my name's Tanya. Um, I, I think they had to sing like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star as a group. And then like, I'm not even lying. I was something like that, something that was like, you would all know. Um, and then they would have you be like, hey, do you have anything that you love to sing personally? And I probably did some like loud up Ocini or something. Oh, that's also what I used to do at Canoon, actually, the talent shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had talent shows. Oh, and I got disqualified because my dad played the guitar for me. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. I was so mad. And then Omar, shout out to Omar Garcia. Omar won. I think he did like a dance choreo or something like that. And I was so booty bothered. I I mean, he had the skills, let me tell you. I mean, you're right. Shout out Omar, you dancer for life. Hashtag dancer first. I still um, remember his his patito but, patito poem. I mean, come on, you can't beat that. Patito patito oh, color de café. <laughs> How can you beat that kid? <laughs> you're right. That, you're right. But that was a good Shout goal. That was a good goal to beat. I'm glad you kept that with you. <laughs> Thank you. I I know it's it's the driving force. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, then I did I did that in high school, and I was part of a mariachi group. I don't know okay. how I found all these things. I guess my body was just, or my, my like life was like, mm, what else can I do? What's more fun? I'm like, I'm a very um, hungry person in mm-hmm. terms of, of not like education, but not like higher ed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I love to learn and I, which is funny because I don't like to be bad at things, but I love to learn. Mm-hmm. So like, um, <clears throat> I, I started doing mariachi. I started doing um, obviously vocal performance as my major. I, we had to do all of these competitions. And then one year, my sophomore year I auditioned for a musical called Bye Bye Birdie and I don't know what I had watched I think I had watched some tv show where they were auditioning i.e in in the in the plot line of their story and I remember the actor that was like pretending to audition was just walking the the space they would walk back and forth with their script in their hand I was like oh I'm gonna use that that's gonna get me the role that's gonna get me in this show so here I am, a little freaking tiny 14-year-old with, with, the, with the script in my hand, doing this audition and walking back and forth as I'm saying these <laughs> lines. And needless to say, I did not book the show. <laughs> they were like, um, you can be a stagehand, which means you just move furniture pieces around. <laughs> and I was like, um that's embarrassing I'm not gonna do it oh which is stupid which is stupid because I probably I should have done it I remember at the end of the day so many people dropped out and I would have been in the actual show but I guess I wasn't it wasn't my time yet it wasn't ready for me so then that's when I was like putting all my my um time and energy into mariachi which was super fun I met some great people um and then what was it the year after that or two years or two years, something like that, I did my first musical ever called Into the Woods, um, which is kind of like the grim, it's a Mary, like they married grim fairy tales with like Disney fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a movie not too long ago, Meryl Streep was in it, Emily Blunt, James Corden. Um, and it has like Cinderella, it has um, the Wicked Witch, the Baker and the wife, whatever, it has a bunch of people. Um, and I remember doing it there and for auditions they're like we don't they didn't know me um so they had me do a bunch of stuff and I remember one of the moments I ended 
of having to do is singing this like it was almost like an aria piece yeah that was a moment that, that kind of changed stuff for me because I realized that I could do stuff that no one else could not no one else but you know what I mean you're in a, in a room and you have this this gift this talent and you're like wow this is special mm-hmm. um so I was able to to fulfill that I was I was delving into this new gift set that I didn't even know I had um I got cast as Rapunzel because no one could sing. It was super high and operatic and, and I was the only one that could do it, mm-hmm. um, which is fun. It was really cool to, to, to see that. And I don't think I thought about that then before. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and that started it all for me. I, I think as, as like, this is, this is finally what I want to do. I figured it out because mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be a pop singer um, growing up. I was like, I'm going to be a singer. That's it. I found it. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm, I'm bored. I want more. I want something else. I want something else. And I was like, okay, but what is that something else? And then finally I found it doing Into the Woods. Um, and after that, I was like, okay, I got it. I got this. This is cool. I'm going to do this. Um, we did one more show in high school called The Wizard of Oz. And I remember that was at the time where I was like, oh, now if I want to do this for real, I have to figure out education. Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Where do I go? I knew nothing. And I ended up auditioning for awful audition. They're like, um, you should go to yoga. So maybe you could like learn how to breathe. And I was like, oh. <laughs> thanks. Um, thank you. But it was one of those moments too, that if I look back now, I can see the difference of like privileged people and people that are born in a position that's yep. already set for, to succeed. Dude, I was in this audition room in an oversized, bright ass neon green shirt and these like gym shorts for a a college audition something that now I'd be like oh my god what are Mm -hmm. you doing like why wasn't I prepared for this Mm -hmm. and that's just that's just the way like our system is we didn't have any of this information in high school no one did I don't think anyone previous to my class had actually considered doing this and was like, Hey, how, how do I do this? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Do you think I could even do this professionally? Yeah. I remember asking one of my teachers that, and they were like, I mean, it doesn't matter what I think. And I wish I would have listened to that more Mm -hmm. now because it doesn't matter what anyone like, if you think I can make it, that's fine. Or if you don't, that's fine too. It, your opinion has nothing to say on my skill set. And whether or not I'm going to make it, quote unquote. Oops, yeah. sorry, my, my hotspot <laughs> fell. Um, but yeah, I was in that room so unprepared. So, 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 so unprepared. And I wonder, I'm like, I wonder what what, what would my uh, life have been if I had been accepted into this conservatory program? So it's, a, it's an esteemed program here at a, in the Midwest area, like mm-hmm. a musical theater. It's a conservatory program. I think it's called... CCPA, Chicago Conservatory of the Performing Arts or something like that. Um, And it was just something I was like, oh, I want that because I heard it was great. I didn't know anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We weren't taught any of this. So I was like, oh, that sounds like a great program. Everyone's talking about it. I need to go there. Yeah. Well, it's Um, like there aren't these resources out here. And that was going to be one of my questions um, because it's like, yeah. For like, what is the application process like for like college for like arts programs? Because I forgot what I was listening to before, but they're just kind of saying kind of can be a lucrative process um, for the arts programs in it general. It is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Or just preparation, I feel like for like, because there's these kids like, you know, they have voice coaches, they have dance coaches, they have all this stuff. So there's a yes. lot more privileged artists who have the voice coaches the the instructors um so how did you do it you know Mm -hmm. balling on the budget style you know like how did you do it girl I was I was definitely balling on the budget I think so funny thing I was thinking I was working at Jewel um at my my senior year of high school and that was the first year I was able to do private lessons because they had to come out of my pocket I mean I grew up with a single mother she didn't have money mm-hmm. um to be spending out like that not at that time so I had to figure out how to pay for for voice lessons and I think I started a couple maybe like mm, six weeks six weeks sorry six months prior to like graduation and all this stuff and I which is probably considered late up, right you know, he was charging Oh, they, I am considered like senile, like so late to the game coming into it because all these kids have been going to 
conservatory, like summer programs, not mm-hmm. only doing it in elementary school and in middle school and high school, they were, you know, taking the time in between school years to train some more like these kids are bananas. Mm-hmm. I have seen some unbelievably talented children like that I look at them and me now being at almost 30. I'm like, wow, you are you are so like far more professional that than a lot of people that I have met that are my age, if not older. Mm-hmm. And your talent is exquisite. I ha- I can see how crafted you are right now because you've been in a position to to excel and to get all these classes. And like like you were saying, you know, the arts is very privileged. It is one of the most elitist things I've ever experienced. Mm. It's so 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 elitist. And I love my community. I really do. I love the theater community. I love artists. But it is an elitist, especially with when you look at, you know, Hollywood and when you look at Broadway, mm-hmm. it's it's an elitist space. If you have if you come from privilege, you're going to get to this position a lot easier and a lot faster. Not to say that it can't happen for other people, because hard work definitely will get you there further than talent. But if you're already in these programs like Oklahoma University or you're at CCM, which is, you know, the the uh Cincinnati Conservatory mm-hmm. like all of these insane uh, beautiful programs and Elon and Pace your professors are already in the industry mm. and they have clout oh yeah and rather like I had beautiful professors I love them I cherish them they were they were great for me at the time they were exactly what I needed I don't think I would have succeeded if I would have gone to Roosevelt or any of these other programs because I think I would have been in a position of of kind of like um like an identity crisis. Mm. You know what I mean? You're going from the south side of Chicago to these super affluent programs where people don't look like me, culture shock, don't yeah. talk like me, don't have the same experiences as me. Like I would go- I would have gone through a huge identity crisis, which I actually kind of did my freshman year at Loyola. So I I went to three schools. Loyola my first year and I was part of that theater department and I hated it hated every single part of it I hated it all these it's just again all these kids already knew a bunch of shit oh am I allowed to swear in this oh uh, yeah <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's cool nobody's sponsoring <laughs> me so if anybody like, wants to sponsor oh. me we swear on this podcast <laughs> So sorry, not sorry. Yeah, no, I have too much of a potty mouth not to so go for it. Okay, great. I'm gonna express yourself. Like, oh, wait. We didn't talk about this beforehand. Um, nah, but okay. yeah, I hated I hated my whole year there. It was like I couldn't find my footing. I felt like these people didn't understand. I was the I was one I was the only one or I was one of two or one of three Latinos in a program full of white people at Loyola University, a private Jesuit school. And it ain't so cheap. it was just like it girl, <laughs> it is not cheap. And I'm gonna be paying that for the rest of my yeah, life. That one stupid year. Um, <laughs> no <laughs> shout so out. Um no shout out. <laughs> um but <laughs> but um I will say that that year one sucked like but I, I still realized I was like I still want to do this for the rest of my life so let me figure it out mm-hmm. some other way I ended up having to drop out of Loyola because I couldn't pay for it anymore and I was like it's not I I, I don't even want to figure out how to figure out mm-hmm. it's not like, worth I don't figuring want to. out I don't even want to this it's isn't worth, it it's it's not it's not worth me figuring out this isn't meant for me not here mm-hmm. not here not at this time um I took a year to do community college to get some you know Gen Ed's under my belt, which mm-hmm. also, I don't know about you, but I grew up hearing that community college was caca and that it meant like community, if you went to community college, you were a failure, all these things. I don't know if that was a conversation that happened at your house. Uh, but I feel like, yeah, but I don't have that mindset. I, I I feel like I hear it, but now having to have paid oh. or student loans myself, I was like, you know what? Like, I believe in education. I don't believe in the price of education. And especially when you're supposed to determine your life's career at 18. Like, yeah, get your gen at community college, get those BS classes that you don't need done for, you know, on the exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was such capitalist crap that was thrown yep. at us yep. some someone some white person said this at one time and it got trickled down to us mm-hmm. is exactly what happened um and 
And I was like, you know, and that was so hard to live in that reality of like, oh, I failed because I couldn't do it in a private school or at a a university. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, that was the stupidest waste of money. Like I spent $19,000 for nothing. Not for nothing. Because, you know, I I met some beautiful and that was already with a $22,000 scholarship. I I'm wait. just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> that was a $19,000 lesson. Ugh. But you learn, right? But you learn. Thanks, something. universe. I learned it, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Now, where's the student loan forgiveness? Right. <laughs> um, but I will say, I guess, like, ultimately, all this stuff had to unravel because I ended up finding SIU. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my alma mater at Southern Illinois University. And I auditioned there and I did a part of your world from Little Mermaid. And nice. I did a song from, um, I know it was awesome. And I did a song from Spam a lot. And it was so much fun to be in a room that I was able to create in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I had that realization until, you know, much older. And I got accepted into this program. I had a mentor that fought for me. She told me after I graduated, she goes, you know what? I fought so hard for you because they saw that you had already transferred into multiple schools. So they were nervous. They thought you were going to be a flight a flight risk or like one of those kids that just jumps from school to school to school mm-hmm. um and I was like you know what Susan thank you shout out Susan Patrick Benson um thank you for for believing in me because this set me up for the rest of my career mm-hmm. four years at a public university but my program was conservatory style mm-hmm. so I ended up getting the same kind of training as I would have at a conervatory for a public school education price. Yeah. That's crazy. Cool. My class was um five people. We graduated my class was five grad five people. Wow. But at the like end of the day. It's I like okay, I'm totally seeing like I feel like I like this Virgo sun Aries moon combination here because like even if when you're saying from like the beginning like high school you're like uh, no I need to figure this out like usually you're just like oh sh- I got accepted to the school so I'm gonna go you're like no that's not for me I'm gonna find the right one but then I see like this like that competitive drive of the Aries too kind of coming in here but like I feel like a lot of people would have just been like I mean I'm paying for it so I guess I'm just gonna stay here but the Virgo sun's like nope this isn't it we're gonna find the right one and you know hey you found it and screw what anybody says like everybody you have to find the right fit for you and there's like all these Mm -hmm. different mindsets like you were saying like if anything coming to college that's a financially smart decision that (laughs) is the smartest if you you don't know yeah if you can't find if you can't find it and figure it out, don't spend thousands of dollars doing it. It hurts, you know, like it's, you're doing it later, but also I'm loving all these shout outs, shout out Omar, shout out to your SIU (laughs) teacher and none for Loyola university, (laughs) but oh my gosh, none for you. Gretchen (laughs) Wieners. Yeah. None for you. Um, okay. So, you know, coming from SIU specifically, like I'm, I'm thinking like artists, right. You're thinking movie star. Like you said, you're like, I thought I was going to be like a pop star or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's several different kinds of categories you can go into. It's television, movies. Um, Why did you pick your specific (laughs) um, category? And like, what made you like decide like, this is it for me and why not the other ones? Um, I think if I'm being completely honest, I think it was the instant gratification that you get when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first thing I think that attracted me to it. You know, you finished your number, you do whatever you do, and you have a reaction immediately from other people. So you see how you're affecting others. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've gotten older and more seasoned, seasoned in my career, <laughs> um, I just laugh when I say stupid things like that. Uh, I, I've, I've found my why. That's something that, that it has been very important to me. Why do I want to do this? Why am I working so freaking hard? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're picking something that's not easy and not to discredit any other profession or anything like that. But I know, and I see how hard it is to be an artist professionally, like to actually be able to live as an artist is very, very, very hard. And it's not for the faint of heart. Like it'll pull you through the ringer so fast Mm -hmm. and consistently. Like, it's not like a one-time thing where, you know, you go through one, like it's going to be hard right now, but then um, it's going to pay off. Yeah. for the rest of your life no it's like you kind of you know it's a, it's a cycle our jobs aren't consistent our jobs are you know if you're lucky you get a year-long contract and that's like snag that baby up because mm-hmm. those don't come often um but 
yeah, I think, like I said, that at first it was instant gratification, but now I, I have found my purpose and I guess, um, to heal through art, not necessarily to hear, um, not just to heal myself, because I do find that I doing art and creating art and being in a room full of artists and seeing how my art affects the audience members does heal me uh-huh. and heals all these like, you know, childhood traumas that you had or whatever, even something that I wasn't aware of. I'm like, damn, I impacted this person in this, in this way. And I didn't even realize that that affected me too. And now I can see how that, you know, it's mm-hmm. all, it's like this whole domino effect. Um, And the last big, big production that I did pre Coco Roro was fame. Um, and we did the first U.S. Uh, it was the premiere in the U.S. of the of the bilingual production of Fame. So we did eighty percent Spanish, twenty percent English, of of Fame by David De Silva, which you guys Ooh. all know, like the Fame. I wanna live forever. That one, um, exactly. <laughs> and man, I don't think I've had one other experience that comes close to it very close um I did in the heights my first you know in 2017 and those two experiences have a thousand percent assured me that I am doing what I want to be doing what I need to be doing and how I can use my gifts and my skill sets to help other people Mm -hmm. and that's ultimately like why I still do it in this um in this spectrum and, and in the theater, I will say now with all of this, you know, shifting my industry is the only industry that has not been able to come back. We have been shut down for over a year, which is heartbreaking. It is hard. I will say there are some things that are happening within our industry that is re- trying to rebuild the system for the better, which is good, mm-hmm. is really good. Um, but it has put me in a position of, okay, now I have to, again, I now I have to figure it out. How else can I use my skill set? How else can I do it to help others and help myself? So I've been investigating what being in TV and film would look like for me Hmm. now, which has been really exciting. It's been super exciting to be able to do that. And I got, you know, luckily I was able to sign with an agency this year. Shout out to DDO. Um, And they are great, great, great agency for me so far. And we're exploring, you know, the TV film. And I will say that a lot the people that see that I, that have shown me that I can do more than just live in this La La Land of, you know, LA Mm -hmm. and actually use film and TV to tell stories about our communities. That's not like negative and not like, oh, you know, I'm a drug dealer. I am, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these awful stereotypes that we get to play. I'm a housekeeper or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. um, have been Eva Longoria, Gina Rodriguez, America Ferreira, all these women that are part of She Se Puede, which actually I think just rebranded to something else. I um, thought so, yeah. Check that in. They just rebranded into something. I forgot what it was. Okay. Um, So it's like they just launched and then they just rebranded. Yeah, I just I just got an email about it, too. Um, But the fact is that these women are using their voice to be able to affect and do social justice within their art Mm -hmm. and within that position that they've been able to get because they're, you know, they're in Hollywood and they have all this clout. So now I'm like, that is something that I could do, too. That's always been something that I want to do to be able to to be in a position to give back through art. Mm-hmm. is my ultimate life goal. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like there's these huge yeah. platforms out there. So and there's a bunch of pendejos with all with all these huge platforms, you know, so it's like, let's utilize <laughs> it. Um, yes. Oh, let's actually utilize these platforms. OK, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? That was going to be kind of like one of the couple of questions I was going to ask. Like, you know, you lived in Chicago your whole life knowing what you <laughs> wanted to do. You know, at what point was it always the plan to like go to New York? And what was that experience <laughs> like when you first, you know, got to New York? Did you know anyone? Um, you know, do you need to sign with a talent? Like, what was that? Like, you're in New York and, you know, how'd you find gigs? Like, sure. did, did they pay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I decided to move to New York. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's open up this Pandora. Um, I actually, let's go back. It's the year 2015. Um, so I actually, right out of, where was I? 
right out of college, I ended up booking an off-Broadway show with a company called Three Act Theater um, for the summer to go to New York. And it's kind of like this apprenticeship kind of situation where they match seasoned professionals with um, like new people that are coming into the city and like these new artists and high schoolers and children, you know, so you have three generations of artists uh, working together. So I did that my first summer from after graduating college and it was a great experience. I learned a lot, um, but I had a contract immediately after in Ohio um, working at Blue Game Musicals. We're not going to shout them out, even though I just said their name, um, because I, I had a contract <laughs> to work with them and do an Amish uh, musical. Great times. And uh, I was there for how long is I there for? I was there for like four ish months in like I I went to New York in the middle because we had one week break and I was like I'm gonna go to New York visit some friends and I was there and I was like I I said you I can't even tell you I don't think I had ugly cried like that before and like you would have thought someone died that's how ugly crying I was when I was coming back to Ohio I was so mad I was not gonna go back I was like this sucks I have to finish my contract I can't just stay I had three friends that were living in New York at the time and I went back to Ohio, finished my contract. And two weeks before my contract finished, or like that month in December, I was like, you know what? I'm moving to New York immediately after my contract's over. I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to go home, get my stuff, go to New York. And I didn't tell anyone. I told my best friend, Jenna, at the time, I told her, I was like, okay. She was like, yeah, just come in January. You don't have to pre-rent the first one because I'm house sitting. I was like, cool, 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 cool. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. I get home. My dad comes to pick me up from Ohio. We drive my little Nissan from Ohio to Chicago. And I get there and I told my mom, I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you. I'm moving to New York next week. <laughs> I didn't tell her. I told I forgot. And I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. Oh, sorry. Um, I moved June 9th of 2000. Was it 16? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just, I just did five years. 2016 on June 9th. And I stayed with my best friend um, while she was house sitting in Brooklyn. And I was like, all right, I have a month to figure it out because then I have to find an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I had, I saved up, I think I saved up $1,900. That's it. I moved with $1,900, to two York. suitcases <laughs> and a dream to New York, <laughs> to all my, to all my Annie fans, you know, three bucks, two bags on me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I got there and I got hooked up with like a, an agency that does temp work, like a temp agency. Mm-hmm. I started working at Blue Apron, hated it, nine to fives, not for me. Um, and I was like, all right, so now I'm here. Okay, so now how do I, how do auditions work? Like, I don't know. I don't know any of this. No one teaches you this, Yeah, which is a flaw in our system. Figure it out. Uh, so I was like, all right, so now what do I do? So everyone's giving you all this information. So for all you fellow artists, don't be scared. It's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> you you signed up. I signed up with Backstage, which is a, a portal that you have to pay for. You have all these breakdowns and it's like 150, 200 bucks a year. And it has all these breakdowns that you can just submit to and it'll give you the information of when the audition is, where do you have to go um, and what you need to prepare. For the most part, you get all that information. Um, so I was just submitting like crazy through there. So my friend ended up hooking me up with a restaurant job. And like I was saying, at that point, I had like five jobs. I worked with the restaurant. I was nannying. I was still at Blue Apron. And I would get, had just gotten hired for two catering jobs. Yeah, I worked five jobs for like two seconds. I was like, mm, no, quitting, 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 quitting. I only want max two. I stayed at the restaurant. Um, which I stayed in up until it had to close because of the pandemic. For that, it was in terms of audition this year. So I had no no agents, nothing like that. No one vouching for me to get me into these rooms, Mm. Um, which as a young artist, especially coming from a school that doesn't have a reputation, you're already at such a disadvantage. And this is not to dishearten anyone or to discourage anyone. I'm just trying to be like super realistic. Yeah. Um, you do come into it at a disadvantage because they see your they see your resume, they see where you went to school and they're like, oh, I don't know this place. I don't know anyone's like, you know, and no one has this on their resume that we know if that's successful. Oh. And I say that in quotations because yeah. success means a lot of things. Um, so I had to, you know, just hustle, hustle hard. And that's the most exhausting part, I think, because you're trying to fight for yourself and you're trying to get into a room 
that you know you're qualified for, but because you didn't go to a specific school or you don't have an agency fighting for you as well, it just, you, you get put at the bottom of the barrel, you know, you're at the, at the last list. And I am a non, uh, a non-equity actor still, which means I'm not part of a union. Um, Mm -hmm. I am, you know, everything that I've done has still been great caliber and great work. It's just been non-unionized. Um, which it means that all these big shows that you see like on Broadway and like in the Broadway and Chicago community, like the big theaters, all of those are equity. Okay. So in order to be part of those, you have to either become an equity actor or have someone get you an appointment with these casting directors so you can get seen. And mm. usually that someone is an agent. Um, mm. But even so, sometimes they're like, oh, we're not seeing non-ec actors today. You can go home. Oh. The amount of, it's literally, it's so brutal. I will tell you my favorite story of this past year of 2020. Yeah. I had been getting up, I think that whole week, 5 a.m., 5 a.m. to go sign up for these auditions. So what you do as as a non-act actor, someone will get up at the butt crack of dawn, go to these buildings, and with a piece of paper, like a regular white piece of paper, will write down the name of the audition, the date, and their name, and start a list. They call this the non-act list. So start a list and be like, hopefully, you know, they'll take this list and transfer it. So the audition monitor will come in and take the list that we post outside with freaking tape on a building, take it into the, the room that you're auditioning in, which is a tiny little studio, might I add. Mm-hmm. Um, they will take it in and hopefully they will transfer the written list to the official non-equity list, which is provided by them. And if they transfer it and they keep it in that order, which they do, that like that's like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe if the people in the room, the casting directors decide that they have the time to see non-equity actors, they'll take that list into consideration and start calling people by name. Um, That's one process. That would be like, if everything works out well that day. (laughs) Wow, this is crazy. Like, this is just like, as you're saying, just like the privilege of it. Like, this just sounds like, this is the list of actors on like food stamps, you know, like the ones who don't have- Pretty much, yeah. pretty much. And that's honestly, sometimes that's what it feels like. Because I am telling you, dude, I was in a room with 400 girls and there's no space. It's that's like a freaking sardine. Oh my God. Standing, sitting, trying to like take up as little space possible. But it's that's your backpack that has five outfits because you're trying to hit up five auditions that day. Your your shoes, your book, your water, and your snacks, because this is in Midtown, which is, you know, expensive to uh-huh. go out to eat every day. Um, and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go bananas. And not only that, you're like, déjame aventajo este día. So you're already up at five in the morning. You go to the major audition buildings, you know, Pearl, Ripley, Actors Equity, all these buildings to put your name on a list. And hopefully you get seen at one of the 10 auditions that you signed up for that day. Oh my hopefully. God. I went... The last week before Coco shut us all down, mm-hmm. I had, if I still had my planner, I would show you. It was ridiculous. I had all of these like auditions ready to roll. And I was like, I'm going to go to this one, sign up for this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. My main, mm-hmm. main goal that week was to get seen for Hades Town, which is a, a beautiful musical that was just written. And it's all primarily, um, you know, artists of color. And it was something that I was like, I need to be in this space. This is a room that I need to be in. I want to be creating with these people so that, you know, it, it, it sounds like the right space for me. I, they had four days of auditions that week, Monday through Thursday. I went every single day, woke up at 5 a.m. every day, every one of those days. And not only was I just going to, you know, hang out and wake up and sit on the floor, <laughs> I still had to nanny and I still had to um, go to the restaurant and work my mm-hmm. shift. So my mm-hmm. days were a, a minimum of 15 hours. Oh, God. like that was like a normal day for me, which sounds awful now post pandemic. I'm like, I will never do that again. Um, so I would get up and every day they'd be like, okay, Nanak, you can go home. We're not seeing you. Some days they would do it immediately as soon as the audition opened. So I would get there at 5 a.m. to sign up. The audition didn't start till nine. So I had to sit outside the building until the building opened at eight in the morning. Dang, I hope you had they don't let books, you in. You have to sit books, outside. Some good podcasts, which some good snacks. Shit. Bad. Um, it's freezing. It's cold. It's February. Oh. Oh. Um, so I ended up, you know, going all these days and my last day, I remember like, okay, 
you know, we're seeing EMC and EMC is like you're you're getting your points to become equity. So you have a little blue card that says you're an equity member candidate. So you're, I, I think that's what it stands for. I could be mm-hmm. making that up. But I'm, the purpose of this program is you start collecting points. And once you hit 25 points, which means you've worked 25 weeks at an equity house, uh-huh. then you can buy into equity. Then you're you're eligible to buy in which is another, I think it's like $3,000 or something like that to be part of this union. It is, yes, yes, Uh uh-huh. So I feel like it costs a lot, other than just money, it costs (laughs) a lot of blood. Yeah, you kind of sell your soul a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It just sounds like a lot of physically, just mentally, emotionally. You're doing all of this for a maybe your name for will be passed shot. on yeah exactly for a maybe which is a whole problem like we need to restructure the how this how we work here um and on the last day i got there and they're like okay we're seeing emc so when they're seeing emc you know you're next so it's mm-hmm. like equity emc non-ec so you're like mm-hmm. oh this is already gonna be a good day and i have a picture a timestamp where it was at i think that day the audition probably started at uh it was nine. Okay. It was nine 16. I have a timestamp. Cause I was like, I was one of those days where I'm like, I'm going to do a day in life. Cause I want to be an influencer yeah. um, on Instagram. And I was like filming my whole day and I took a shot. I was like, and it was hopeful. I'm like over there in my audition where, and I'm sitting on the floor in this hallway because there's nowhere to sit. And I take a picture and I'm like, Oh, they just called EMC. Things are looking up. One minute passed one minute. And they said, non neck you can go home. We're not seeing you. Like we changed our mind. We're not going to see anyone. What? We're like, are you really? Are you kidding me? I was like, you can't make this up. It's the epitome of being a non-actor in New York, at least uh, pre-pandemic. I don't know what that looks like in Chicago. I couldn't tell you except from what I've heard. It's a lot easier here in terms of getting appointments, which to be completely frank is the reason why I moved back. I was getting to the point where I was like, I am feeling like I'm meeting so much resistance here, but I know that I am not done. I'm Mm -hmm. not ready to throw in the towel. I am not ready to explore other options. Nothing else makes me happier. I don't feel my calling anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So let me figure out another way. Yeah. Let me, what there has to be, there's more than one way to get to this, this, you know, point. There's a bunch of routes you can take. So I'm going to try Chicago. And it all kind of, I had said, I, you know, I was talking about it last year in February, talking with my friend, Dwayne, talking with my friend, John, and I was like, who are both artists that started here and mm-hmm. funny enough, both live in LA. Um, and I was like, you know, what do I do? What do I do? I feel like if I move and and this is, you know, this might be an elitist thing that got drilled into my head about, you know, if you leave New York, then you have failed. That's another comparison, I guess, that I can put up with, you know, community college. Yeah. And, and, and to say that you, the only way you can make it is to go to New York. And I'm like, you know, and that's not the case per se. Like there's so many people that are working in the, in the arts, in theater, in, in film and TV. And they're just, you know, they started somewhere else, but I, that was something that I had a huge like I had to have like a come to Jesus moment, you know, I had to sit with myself, I had to talk with a lot of people and be like, okay, so talk to me about your process. Like, what is the market there? And I'm like, what is like, what am I, how do, how do I justify, I guess I had to figure out how to justify this mood to myself and like almost talk myself into it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And to see that work moving here and, and coming here is not like, it's not a failure. It doesn't mean that I have failed and what I'm doing, it's just another way. Well, yeah. And then I feel like uh, in general, like Chicago, I know there's a lot of artists who come specifically to Chicago for, uh, is it like the musical, the comedy, the, you know? I think here it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's um, improv for sure. Cause you Mm -hmm. have, you know, second cities is here. And now with like Chicago fire, Chicago Med, Chicago PD and more TV film being produced here. Cause it is cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have an influx of more actors, but I was in a space my, surrounded my whole like career mm-hmm. um, where it was New York or LA. And mm-hmm. I knew LA was not for me. It wasn't where I wanted to go. 
Who's to, is that, I don't know, maybe I'll end up there in a couple of years. Who's to say? Yeah. Um, but at the time, and, and even right now, LA is not calling me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made the choice. I made a, a light choice. I was exploring my options about it. And then the shutdown happened. Mm. And I was in New York in my apartment. And I, I know the difference, like, because I ended up coming here in June because uh, I was like, what am I sitting in my apartment for doing nothing? I'm alone. At least if I go home, I could be with family. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to go to Mexico in that time and hang out with my grandparents. And that didn't happen, obviously. They were able to come back to, to Chicago, thankfully, yeah. um, before any of this happened. They, I think they actually might have been in Chicago when the shutdown happened. And they were going to meet me in Mexico or something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was there and I was still going back and forth, you know, with what I wanted to do. And my lease was up in this past February, uh, February 28th, like um, two, what are we in? April, two months ago. Um, and I had, I had found a sublet, which was great. So I had someone in my apartment the whole time. I wasn't paying the full rent. And that was, that was like a relief, a huge relief. Um, and then when I went back to New York in October to get some stuff and, you know, just do life a little bit, um, I had to go get my, my winter clothes. I had nothing. I had nothing here. I didn't come thinking I was going to stay here for this long. Yeah. Um, I went back to New York for that month. And I think it was my first, cause I was still in quarantine. I was quarantining. Um, in that first week that I was in quarantine, uh, Bellagio, the mayor made the announcement that Broadway was going to continue being shut down Ugh. for May until at least May. Mm-hmm. Or, and they didn't even have a date. And we know it's not May. We know we're not opening yeah. up probably September from from all of my sources yeah. from what I've heard uh, rehearsals aren't even starting until the summer for anything mm-hmm. and that's even so loosely said no one's contracts have been renewed nothing has happened from what I know um so I look I, I was talking to you know to to my ex now uh at the time and I was like I guess I'm coming I guess I'm gonna stay in Chicago I guess this move Does is real a now. shout out no he does not get a shout out Dang, no shout that's out for you. we don't talk to that's why we don't talk to Scorpios. I kind of like I kind of like Scorpios, but I don't know. Like it's just my character. I mean, <laughs> maybe he just ruined it for me right now. Give me. There's some always time. a Scorpio who uh, ruins it for everybody. It's okay. They have their rep. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm not. That's why I'm like, um, but <laughs> but that's when I was like, I was sitting in my best friend's like room sobbing. I was like, everything that I have worked for. Like my goal, my dream was just ripped from under me again mm-hmm. and again. Like that was the third time. And I was like, I can't keep falling apart every time an extension like this happens. I have to find, I guess this is my theme, dude. I have to find another way. Mm-hmm. I have to figure it out because I can't, I'm not going to give up being an artist. Mm-mm. Just because one platform is 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 right now closed or, or is yeah. unavailable, I need to find another way. And but I feel um, like that's very much the theme of, or rather, yeah. that's the path of creatives and entrepreneurs. And I feel like yeah. that's how you know you're on the right path because you are someone who can figure it out. The people who just yeah. fall and crumble like a mazapan, you know, those are the ones. <laughs> Maybe that's why I never like mazapan is because they're always <laughs> I will not. But you have there. I like I'm just <laughs> listening to like so much of like the the that Aries moon. That's what drives you. You're not going to give up that competitiveness, you know, and a little bit of the rage, you know. But we need it. <laughs> to, <laughs> that fire to keep us going. But you know, I. You're, I feel like you're on the right path because you keep figuring out. And I, and I want to know that in March when this all went down in COVID, just another rug ripped from under you. That was also when mm. your Saturn return was happening. I like we mine. We talked about that, I yes, think. Yes, yes. Saturn return. Saturn rules responsibilities. It comes Ooh. around every 28 to 30 years. It's a very difficult time. It's a coming <laughs> of age. Um, yeah, truly. And truly. it was a very difficult time for both of us. I 
I, I saw yeah. you're, you're going through it. I was going through it. It is that time. And ours is in Aquarius, which Aquarius is a very rebellious sign, a very innovative <laughs> sign, a very visionary sign, you know? So I feel like, and you can talk about this more for you. It has cause to like shift a very, it can be stubborn because it's like, no, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't like to be, um, ruled by authority, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do yeah, it my I, way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out, you know? So I feel like a lot of this, like had COVID not happened, had that other, like all these experiences where you felt like the rug was ripped down for under you and you figured it out though, better. You probably learned from it too, you oh, know, like absolutely, absolutely. It, it and, shifted things yeah. in a good way, in a in, way to grow. Absolutely. I can a hundred percent like testify to that in like I don't know. Sometimes I don't like saying it or saying it out loud because I feel like it can be taken in a different, in a bad way or, um, or it diminishes all the awful things that happened this year. Cause this year sucked. Like mm-hmm. it sucked for a lot of things, but I can honestly say I am thankful for it mm-hmm. because it gave me the time. It gave me time. I never have time. And like, right now I find myself like kind of slipping back into the consistently busy type of like lifestyle that I I do not want so Mm -hmm. I'm like gonna start putting up more boundaries to for myself not for anyone else um but like I was so so tired and so overworked this whole hustle mentality of and not getting anywhere like I was telling you this resistance that I was meeting and I had and I had said I had said this you know a couple weeks before to my boss who's a great dear friend of mine um, I told her, I said, Ruby, damn, I am tired, dude. I just want someone to pay me to stay home. And I want to just be an artist. Someone pay me to stay home and just, just do art for the rest of my life. What happened next? Manifestations. The cocoa happened. The cocoa, <laughs> the cocoa happened. Yeah. And, and thankful, like I got paid to stay home, which yeah. I, is, a, is a position that I was fortunate to be in because you know, I was, I was able to and eligible for unemployment based mm-hmm. on how much I had worked into the system. Um, so I was able to stay home. And I, during that time, I took, I have taken so many classes. I have taken so, so, so many classes. I have done so many readings. I have, you know, started working with musicality again, which has been great. We did our oh, yeah. covers, which is, you know, I'm so happy about, I'm directing a music video for God's sake tomorrow. Oh my um, gosh. And like, you know, and, and like, as, as all this manifestations happen, you know, I fell in love and, you know, experienced, you know, awful heartbreak, but like, these are things that I had been wanting to do and wanting to experience. And I never gave the time for them. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. You know, all these other things take precedent. And I was able to slow down was able to experience life as limited as it it was, you know, Mm -hmm. with staying at home and, and being, you know, not having to be anywhere, but it gave me the time to be able to just exist and reflect and write. I started writing, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and through like, and through this shitty heartbreak, I was sitting in my bed in New York and, I was like, I need to do something. Um, I submitted to all these agencies and I got offers from two of the major ones that I submitted to that I wanted. And I and the one I really wanted was DDO, which is the one that I got. And, but- you know, it's so it's so it's so strange because I had met with the New York representative beforehand. And I guess it wasn't in the cards beforehand mm-hmm. for me to sign with them yet. And I signed with the division first here in Chicago and they have this beautiful program now um, with, you know, including, you know, doing some um, diversity and inclusivity and trying to, you know, be better and doing all these beautiful things. And I am now signed with that rep in New York as well and with a rep in LA. So now I am represented in all three markets, which has been exactly like when would that have happened? If I hadn't had gone through all this caca this whole year. True. Was that the shitty heartbreak from the Scorpio? Yes. I mean, yes. for, for an artist though, she <laughs> who wants, are probably, are probably who good wants for- to be friends. And I said, no, no. Yeah, no. Bye. Um, was I going to say, said, heartbreaks are probably no. good though for uh, the arts, the career. <laughs> it's good content. That's good inspo. You know, if anything, you know, date around, get some more, get some more. <laughs> I know, but. But damn, can I, 
I just want to be happy and in love and I want to be in a romantic movie. <laughs> okay, well, no more Scorpios for you. No more Scorpios. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> I just started talking. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, because I was going to like, I know that was going to be one of mine. I know COVID hit the arts hard and still is, but yeah. had it not, you know, do you think you would be doing the projects that you are currently doing and no. finding right that happiness? No, because I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in Chicago for them. Mm-hmm. Those all stemmed from my move here because the group musicality, which I started in high school, which later went on to you know go to America's Got Talent, and now are based in LA and in Chicago. Like if I hadn't moved here, I couldn't do these projects. Mm-hmm. Everything and happens. <clears throat> everything and I. And I know people hate that saying, and I get it. I do understand. That's what I live by. I don't care. I love it. (laughs) I know people. And, and, but I do, I have to, honestly, I have to believe that Mm -hmm. because I, I hate, um, I don't like necessarily the unknown. I don't like not knowing what's going to happen or or, that's Virgo. If (laughs) you can't plan for that. I know. (laughs) Frustrations. But but even if something were to happen, I'm like, you know what? I have to, it, it, I have to go through this. There's a reason mm-hmm. why this is happening. Um, I don't like to live in despair. I am a very, I like to live in hope mm-hmm. because otherwise I feel like life is just shitty if you live with another perspective. And some people are like, well, that's, you know, you're an optimist. And I'm like, you know what? Then I guess I am yeah. because I just, I can't live my life any other way. I wouldn't get up. Yeah, no, you can't live in fear. Um, no, that's what it is. Fear of the unknown. Um, if you, uh, that's why I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. If you're meant to fall, it's for a reason. If you're meant, you know, to, I don't know, get laid off or not get an opportunity. It's for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's you're mm-hmm. supposed to better your craft. Maybe it wasn't the right opportunity. Maybe, you know, like, yeah. that's the only I, I have to, I, like I said, I have to, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. Like I could not do this career if I didn't live with that mindset, because we get told no so many times I wouldn't be doing this. I won't be doing this anymore. I'd be like, mm, this is too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> so like, I'm like, you know, I wasn't in, in something that the same that came to me during like this, uh, pandemic and during, you know, quarantine was what's meant for you will not pass you by. Mm-hmm. What's meant for you will not pass you by. And the universe will remove things to make room for others. I, I love <laughs> that. And in general, I think that's a great note to kind of end on nice little, you know, words of wisdom <laughs> from you. But before <laughs> we fully end, I want to go yes. into a lightning round question. So kind of, <gasps> oh, I love lightning rounds. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so you know just kind of what comes to your mind first um so let's go with the first one who is a latina that inspires or motivates you a latina that inspires and motivates me is gonna have to be america Ferrera. yes real women have courage she's doing so many great projects oh love it using your power for good mama Mm mm-hmm okay uh, <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? Um, the best piece of advice I have ever received has been that, you know, what's meant for you will not pass you by. Nice. Let's live by it, kids. Put that on a t-shirt. What? I will. <laughs> Collab with t-shirts, hats. <laughs> Start <laughs> your workshop. <laughs> okay. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a career in the arts? Know your why. Know why you're doing it. What is the best resource that has helped you along your journey? Other actors. Mm. Your network, you would say? Other actors. Yeah, the network, 100%. Because they're going to tell you what's actually happening and not just like, you know, yeah. you have to figure <laughs> out. That that was my survival in how I figured out how auditions work was a friend from a friend, actually. It wasn't even my friend. Make friends, kids. Okay. Yes. Um, and if it's magic, <laughs> if there's <laughs> anything you could change about your journey, what would it be? Um, uh, I mean, not having a student loan would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. Um, I guess, I guess that would be it. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm digging my journey right now. Smart I'm trying to hear purchases. 
<laughs> like don't make there you don't, go. There you go. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to, you know, start off at a four-year expensive AF institution just because somebody said that's yes. the way. Don't listen to pendejos. There you go. How about that? Don't listen to pendejos. Put that on a shirt. Right? <laughs> All the shirt ideas. <laughs> um, okay. Last question. <laughs> and I don't know if you can pick okay. just, I don't know if you can pick just one. What is your favorite <laughs> song to get you through? Oh, crap. I mean, it always depends. But right now, so the, oh yeah, so the song right now that's working for me because it always changes. But right now, right now, right now, my bop is um, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Oh, okay. I like that. Final question. And it's I can part also- of my breakup power playlist. Um, <laughs> final question, and I will make sure to put any links in the show notes. Where can listeners connect with you online? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So you can, Instagram is going to be the best way to connect with me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I am on it all the time. I know problems, um, but I am, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's Tanya A. De Leon. Um, but if you want like more official inquiries too, you can also. So hit up my website, um, tanyaadeleon.com. Tanyaadeleon.com. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely. And if you want to send me your uh, playlist, <laughs> I can link that as well in the oh, show notes. Absolutely. Any playlist. I, feel I like will. It, I'll send it to you. It's Rapple Music. Oh, nice. Yeah. I feel like that. that's the Aries. <laughs> All the playlists. I have playlists for every single feeling, every emotion. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, those were the last questions. Thank you once again, Tanya, for sharing your story. And I just had a great time just learning more about this elitist industry and oh. the inspiration. <laughs> inspiration <I'm> for, for <laughs> yeah, the inspiration for you know other you know up and coming mujeres wanting to get into it and just the words of wisdom don't give up if it's meant to be the yes. way it's meant to be it will work out for you so thank you so much for joining us and make sure to check the show notes of where you can follow tanya and all of her upcoming projects here in chicago 